On today's episode, Dave interviews Mary Pat Donovan. Mary Pat is a star and co-writer of Late Night Catechism, which won a Los Angeles Drama Critics Circle Award. There's been six sequels to Late Night. In Chicago, Mary Pat earned two Joseph Jefferson's Awards for her role in Portrait of a Shitska as a member of the ensemble The Good Times Are Killing Me. She's presently traveling around the country with her new show I Married a Neanderthal and Other Modern Problems. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. You travel a lot. Do you? I, I do. do. still? I do. I, I do. I don't stay away as much as I used to. Uh-huh. I used to go for six to eight weeks, ten weeks, months, years. Uh-huh. I was you over a year in Boston, yeah. Uh-huh. In and New York, I was over a year in, in New York. And when you were the when you were in when you were away for what was that? Boston was uh, Boston. I was in Boston for over a year. Show for ran you. for two years in Boston. And you were you you still had a place here? You, you I kept my Chicago. place in Chicago. Mm-hmm. At the time, I kept my place in Chicago because mm-hmm. I knew I was coming back. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I sublet it. Yeah, where'd you live? Uh, on Artesian and Fullerton. Okay, are you a Southside? I am, You're- but I went to Loyola, so I kind of started on the south side, mm-hmm. and then I moved to the north side, as my sister would say, filled with the drug addicts and queers. At that time? At that time. And still probably a little. I don't. A little know. bit. Not so much now. Yeah. I mean, I don't go back that much, but, no. you know. Uh, where, what parish were you in? I grew up in St. Thomas More Parish, uh-huh. 81st in California, uh-huh. and then we moved when I was in high school to St. Ethelreda, which is 88th in Polina. Got it. You live as far south as I live north. Yeah. Because I was in West Rogers Park. Right. But then Rogers Park also. So both neighborhoods. I was at 70. I was at Rogers Park. I was at uh, California, Pratt and California. Yeah. You know, that's a real Chicago thing to do to tell where you live and describe it. Oh, clearly. Where you grew up and then sit the other (laughs) neighborhoods and talk. We could talk for probably the whole podcast about where we lived after that. And what was right there. And then the tile outlet was around the corner. Right, the tile outlet. The tile outlet. I love that here they got Linoleum City. Yeah, I go there. I know the guy who owns it. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the things where it's like, yeah, and then we did the show in Linoleum City for a while. I still kept my apartment. I subbed this. You know, you don't want, if you're going to stay in Linoleum City, you know. I didn't give up my apartment in Chicago until Mm. I moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. So you're, and then, and you, you bought a compound. Well, I bought, yeah. Yeah. That was really smart. Well, the house I bought, we rented a house. We were doing the show at the Henry Fonda a block away. There was our prop guy lived there and we, he stopped at his house and he had the French doors from the dining room open and the office, the door, uh, office door open and his dogs and cats were wandering in and out. And I thought, this is California living. Yeah. And he said, you know, we're trying to sublet this house. Because we want to go someplace else, you know. Anybody, and it was like the price was cheaper than where the producer was going to put us. Right. So he got us into that house, which got us into that neighborhood. And then we decided, oh, let's just stay here. We're going to continue to rent the house even after we're not running the show here. And then we bought a house around the corner that was available. And the house that I bought was the worst house on the block. It had no roof. It had, you know, carpets in the driveway with all the roofing material that had fallen off. And the guy just said to me one day, I was walking the dog, and the guy said, do you want to buy a house in the neighborhood? I said, yes, I do. He said, this house. And it was horrible. But that was the house that... that that's the house I live in now. Yeah. And the, but the only reason I was interested is because he said Bella Lugosi lived here. That's a selling so point. So it was a huge selling point yeah. for me. I yeah. definitely lo- love the idea that Bella Lugosi lived in I love, I love, one thing about living in L.A., first off, I love L.A. I love it, too. I love it, too. And do you go back to Chicago at all? Yes, yeah. yes. I have, my show runs in Chicago. Right. I have a, a production company in Chicago, so I do. How often do you go back? Not often. You know, funerals and 
my friend wants to paint her living room, so I'll go visit. My my sister lives in Wisconsin, so I'll go visit my sister in Wisconsin, and then I'll drive down to Where Chicago. Where in Wisconsin? Between Madison and Milwaukee. What's the name? The name of the town or yeah. my sister's name? Oh, the well, name no, of the I'm... town is Mills Lake. Lake Mills, Lake Mills. I went to overnight camp, sleepover camp in Oconomowoc, which is not too far from all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love Wisconsin. It's beautiful there, too. Yeah. But what, what do they have? Weather, bad weather. They have winter. Right. And then they have summer right. with hideous humidity and huge mosquitoes. Up there, particularly up there. Wisconsin and Chicago, hideous. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, it's beautiful but hideous. Uh, and the idea of being able to live here, and because I, I travel so much, I travel so much these days, and uh, I put 62,000 miles in American Airlines this year. Wow. And uh, that's a lot. It's really, really a yeah. lot. Um, but it made me think, what do I really need? This is what I need. I need an airport, and I need my home right here. That's what I need. Yeah, yeah. And that's all that I need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have dogs, so right. we have a yard. Right. And I have a pool with a hot tub, which is bad. I couldn't do it without it. Man. I couldn't do it without right? it. Right? I use it all the time, every day, every day. Every day. Like a white person from Chicago, I swim in the winter. Uh-huh. The Californians go, what are you doing? Swimming. What? You know, I said it's seventy degrees outside. Right, right, right. The sun right. is shining. Are you? I go in the pool. Oh. they don't get it. When did you? I'm going to go back to all the, the traveling that you did. What were you? When did you become a business person? Because that's really a business. You know what I mean? Like there's the artistic end. Of it things. is, and then there's the production end. You right. know, and then as the playwright, you know, there's six sequels to the show that I've been, you know, working through the New York producer with. Uh huh. Um, I. I, I I was a business person before I worked primarily in the theater. I was a general contractor for 17 years. Right. And I ran my own construction company, mm-hmm. which has helped me in life um, not only build my own stuff and do my own remodeling, but has helped me. The business part has helped me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, how to, what it means to make sales and fulfill contracts and make sure that all the all your stuff is good and you're... You know, we build our own scenery, and we tra- travel with the scenery that we build that fits oh, in the car. Oh, is that what you do? You sure, the, the set uh-huh. fits in the back of the Yukon. And, uh, and you know, we travel with the set when we need to. There's like, some... we've driven to San Francisco many times back and forth. I love San Francisco, it. I love too. It too. There's yeah. another place that I love yeah. as well. Many homeless in San Francisco. So many time. homeless in yeah. San Francisco. So many homeless. Yeah. Uh, I was just in London, and I was thinking, I didn't see... Many homeless in London. What's well, miserable? Who wants to be homeless in London? Who the fuck was homeless in, in Chicago? Ho- Who's homeless in Chicago? Yeah, but yeah. But the, when we the were people kids, up there. when we were kids, my uncle was a vice cop, mm-hmm. and for fun, he and my father would load all the little girls. There were four little girls. My uncle had two, and 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 my my sister and I, mm-hmm. and we would we would all sit in the back seat, and my father and my uncle would drive down to Skid Row, and my uncle would drive up and down and show them the alleys where they had found the frozen dead bodies, and you know tell all the gruesome stories, and we would just sit in the back seat, raptured, in raptured. I love them. that. Yeah. Listening to all the stories, so I know all the stories. Uh, do you have a lot of cops in your family? No, but my uncle was a notorious cop. He, not notorious that he did bad things, but he, he had so many experiences. Mm-hmm. Like he was the guard at the cardinal's residence after the guy who was the bag man disappeared with all the money, and they were sure that the bag man had hidden the money in the cardinal's residence <sighs> because he was was the at night he was the night guard there. So 
they put my uncle on the job and in the, they'd come in and tell him to sit in the basement no matter what you hear and don't come up. And then they'd go through the Cardinal's Mansion while he was sleeping trying to figure out where the bag man hid the money nice. in the Cardinal's Mansion. Old my school. uncle told me that story. Old school. Old school. Mm-hmm. Old school. Mm-hmm. Old school Chicago. Yeah. Old school. Uh, that was really good. There were some really good stories. You know, and Mayor Daly called him in and gave him the job. He said, John, I know you got a lot of kids. I know you got a side job as a landscaper. I'm going to give you a really good job and I want you to keep your head down. Right. And that Mayor Daly. How many gave kids? The, How many kids? Yeah. He, he had seven kids. Seven kids. My friends, my friend, uh, Catholic Canada, uh, Canada. Her mother had twenty-four children. No. No dupes. No trips. No. Come dupes, on, no did he, She must have been stealing them. She she popped them out. Oh my you god. You don't stop. You know. I, 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 well, that's at least twenty-four years. Well, you if don't stop singles. making birthday cakes. I would oh. imagine. For a long time. All that you want no, to do is that, either that, you know what? The older girls were having kids and she was claiming them as hers. It's like, yeah, that, Probably that one, no, that's mine, Mom. That's mine. <laughs> mom, that's mine. Yeah. I had a next door neighbor, the fish. Uh, the fish. I lived, okay, so I lived east of me were the fish mm-hmm. and west of me, swear to God, were the birds. And we lived right in the middle, Chicago style, Chicago style bungalow. The fish had nine kids in a two bedroom apartment. You go, how the hell do you do that? How do you do that? Well, you just cram them in there. You cram them in there. In the dormers and all that. You yeah. Know, you, you, kids Upstairs, are missing shit. In the attic. In the attic. In the attic. Yes. In the attic. Pop them in the attic. But man, they have so many do kids. Do you know how hard it, it is to sleep in an attic in the summer? In Chicago? They don't care. Get up there. No, right. No air conditioning. <laughs> no oh, air conditioning. We got a fan. What do you want? <laughs> Use the fan. Exactly. Shut up. Right, 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 right. And look at all that going, oh my God. But then all the stories that you come, you get out of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the relationships they have. I got three cousins. Yeah. That's it. I got oh, three no. cousins. Oh, no. No, I do. Matter yeah. fact, I do. Yeah. Don't tell me no. It's my family. Yeah, I got I got a lot of cousins. We used to go to my cousin's house because it was so much fun. They had six, the seven kids, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the vice cop father. Um, who, the south side, again. The south side, yeah. all on the south side. Only mm-hmm. they were over at 92nd and Bishop, which was east of Ashland. Right. And then, and, then, and then we all kind of lived through white flight at that time. So that's a whole nother right? thing that happened on the south Redlining side. Redlining and stuff like that. Right. And yeah. they're, they're coming. They're at Ashland and, you know. Yeah. They're, I remember Grandma that. has to move, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, really an experience. It, and it, 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 you really have to go through it to be able to describe it. Well, it's for, right now people go, what are you talking about? How could that even happen? Who would move just because black people moved in next door? Right. Exactly. But then you look at a city like, like Detroit. You, you've done Detroit. Yes. You did Detroit. Yes. Uh-huh. I've done outside Detroit too, the suburb. One of the, Most of the things happen in the suburbs. Yeah. Because you look at Detroit. Have you been to Detroit? You look at Detroit now, you go, what happened here yeah i lived downtown i was directing the second city uh and their their theater used to be downtown and uh between where i lived and the theater there were probably 30 buildings literally between three stories and 30 stories empty abandoned yeah empty gone empty yeah you know but they don't have to be no. Because the world be is now. so crowded and people need places to go. Right. And if you give people an opportunity to do the theater, you know, you, you give them where they have low rent, you give them a place to go, you give them a place to flourish. I need office space for my company. I need office space for my theater group. I right. Need, you know, but all of a sudden go. it fills up again and people are alive. Then they need a lunch place to go and mm-hmm. then they need a coffee stop. Right. And then the buses are running and, dry and they need parking lots. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it all happens again. I said dry cleaners. Yeah. I need Very dry cleaners. neat of you, David. I, uh, dry cleaners. 
You got to be clean. I dry clean everything. That's right. These, these jeans, dry clean. Oh, the shirt, dry clean. The couch, <laughs> came in a, I took off the plastic bag earlier. Before. <laughs> uh, no, but it's all true. All that stuff is true. And and the idea, of the sense of community, because when I grew up, you know, we had the we had the Jewish community center uh, around the corner. We had the temple youth groups around the corner. But it was all about family and hanging out and doing theater. And if it wasn't for that, you and I wouldn't be talking. Maybe we wouldn't no. be talking right now. But I don't know how that would happen. You know? Yeah. And nowadays, I don't know how kids are growing up nowadays. I mean, every, uh, like, like, ah, you got to take you to soccer and you got to go do the. They have no thing. free time. None. Can you imagine, David? Just think what it's like to spend your entire childhood with one or the other of your parents staring at you the whole time, staring at you and watching every move you make. As opposed That's to what? what they do. As opposed to oh, your mother nowadays. going, get out, and I'll see you at dinner time, right. and you go do whatever you want, right. and when you come home. They don't even say, did someone try to molest you? Did you get hit by a car? Where right. were you grabbed? Did you get lost? Did you, what'd you do? Nothing. Right, right. Sit down, Sit down and, and eat. Do your, yeah, Sit down and eat. eat. Sit down and eat. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about things like, and maybe I, could it be? Every day of their lives, these kids are scheduled, and their friends' visits are scheduled, and what they're going to do is scheduled. Mm-hmm. And I, I, And it also seems like I would die. Kids, I couldn't stand it. Me either, because at that moment, your life, and this is what happens anyway, but your life is not just symbolically your kid's life, but your life is literally your kid's life. Right. You know, you got to take right. them over to the place to do the right. thing where it gets and you're, stuff. You're, and, and, and oppositely, your kid's life is your parents with you every minute. Oh, man. Or some representative right. of your or parents. Or they're on the way and all that. But, oh, you can't you know what? what? Someone will snatch you. Well, you Someone know. will snatch you. Yes. And we got to get that pure. Who out. wants them? We got who the wants pure all out. these kids? Fucking who wants? Oh, don't even. <laughs> who wants them? Start. Do you know? I mean, really, just no. let them play. Let them go out. Let them. They'll protect each other. Here's another thing. I don't know. I mean, of course, I live across the street from school. And I love them across the street from school. But um, I don't. I never see children playing in forever, ever. Do I see kids playing in front of That's a fabulous sidewalk across the street. There's nothing there. Oh, no houses, no dogs, no fences. Right. You know, you can, yeah, you can, you can learn play, to ride your bike there. No problem. Ride your bike. You play softball, play 500, pinners, There's all that. Pinners. Pinners. Plenty of room. Pinners. You know pinners I is? I don't even know what that is. Pinners is you take you take a rubber ball and you 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 bounce it off the front, the Step. concrete steps. Yeah. And then somebody catches it. And that's called, in the white neighborhood, pinners. that's called bounce and fly. I'm sorry. In the white neighborhood? Bounce and fly. You know, I grew up in a black neighborhood. Bounce and fly. I'm just a black guy. I don't a black know what Jewish to say. guy. We call it pinners. And when we weren't playing pinners, we were scratching each other's face with blood coming down. And shirts. ripping out the ring and tearing earrings. the blouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. These guys told me what they what happens before. I mean, in girl fights. Yeah. Or lady fights. Girl or lady fights. Lady fights. You know, and if it's, you know, the men are wearing the earrings, they should do the same thing because rip, the, here it is, yeah. rip the earring, scratch the three, face, three yeah, things right. important. When and the, you got to get blood. Immediately when the right. fight starts. Right. First thing you want to do is rip the earring, causes rip blood. Rip yeah. Rip the girl's earring out, yeah. causes blood, right. causes confusion, right. might end the fight right there when right. the sees the blood and the pain, right. a little bit of pain, not much. And then right away, when the earring's coming down, the you're ear. scratching the face. Right, there's the real face good. scratch. In case you lose, right. it looks like you kicked her ass. Yeah, right. Then you rip off her blouse right. uh, with the same stroke, same one stroke. Thing, one, one thing, thing one down. thing, one thing. And then you rip the blouse off because mm-hmm. no girl wants to fight uh, oh, exposed like that. So uh, this is what the way that I would teach that. I learned is that this. from my black girlfriend. Yeah. She taught me that. Yeah, well, But I'm know. prepared. But it's to also, work. It'll work you learned it because. It'll work on you, so. 
All right. Yeah, because I have the earring <laughs> and I've got tits. Or I'll rip that microphone yeah. off. And oh, the same no. Way. <laughs> um, I, this is the way that I would teach that because I'm listening to teach it because it isn't in three steps. First off, I would I would have everybody like stand in pairs and then just rip the other rip the other <laughs> thing you do, and then go. Okay, fine. All right, all right. And then I would take a meet. I would I would stop and I'd go. How'd that feel? And they go. It felt a little bit of power. It's like it hurt. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Okay, let's get two more up. Um, so let's do the second one, and it's a rip. Into the face. Scratch the face. Scratch the face. And then we do a bunch of those. And then we might take a break. <laughs> Sit that, down. Who doesn't want to pee? And then <laughs> our cleanup. And then the third one would just be uh, the rest of the class would just be the, the, the ripping blouse, of the blouse. The blouse, the blouse ripping. Um, right. Because I want you to wear comfortable shoes when you're taking this class. Yes. And if you wear comfortable shoes, and something you can move around in. Yeah. All right. That's my class. Like those kind of things. As a teacher, I'm always thinking, what's the best way to get what's this What's an exercise across? for the whole day? <laughs> Don't waste the whole day with that. <laughs> right, right. Waste the entire day. Did you get into the fights? No, never. Never. Never, never. No. So that's why you're learning this now as an adult. I'm picking this up in, as an adult. Yeah, see, that's what, what we don't lose as children. Live and learn. Right. You've got to live, live and learn. learn. You live and learn. Right. You didn't get into any fights? No, no. We did not have fights. No, no. My sister and I... But right. even our fights, you know, my sister and I, our fights consisted of me just hitting her as hard as he could on her back. Uh-huh. Because you, I figure, what damage can you do if you just punch him on the back? My dad once came home. I remember this as if it was just this happened this morning. My dad came home and he had something behind his back. He had something in each hand. And one, and he goes, pick a hand to my brother and me. Who, my brother and I, who, my brother's two years younger than I. So pick a hand. I picked the right hand. It was a Cubs hat. He gave the socks hat to Jordy. That's how we determined if we were who liked who. Not who liked who. Who was aligned with who, you know? And then he had to learn how to lose, lose, lose. Learn how to love the socks. Um, so one day, my brother came home and went with the Cubs hat on. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, you're goes, in side. You fan. can't wear a socks hat. Well, he did. He did. I said. He said. What? I said. What are you doing? He goes. I'm a. I'm a Cub fan now. I go. The hell you are. And Dad I, gave you that socks head. The hell you and we had a fight in front of our house with a like rawr, like on each other and and I hit he he fell down and he chipped his tooth. <gasps> chipped his tooth. It's funny until someone chips a tooth. It's still funny now. I'm sorry. It's still funny now, even when somebody chips a tooth. So it's did you funny. actually punch him? No, it was more like wrestling, wrestling, and, uh, wrestling. But it's also like stop it. But my brother had ADHD, which he didn't know back then. Uh, and he would, he would, uh, he would get, he would bite. Oh yeah. He once bit my forehead and I had, I had a, a I had a a bite mark in my forehead for four days. See, that's very interesting because when I am the very most frustrated with my sister, I want to bite her. Yeah. And I actually never in life have Mm -hmm. bitten her, but in my dreams, Mm -hmm. like we'll be having, I'll have a dream of my sister and we're trying to get someplace really, really trying to get someplace and she won't go fast enough. Right. She won't push the shopping cart fast enough or she won't drive the car. And I just, in the end, have to resort to biting her. It's the, I punch her and hit her and punch her and it won't do any good. And in the end, I just have to bite her on the arm or bite her somewhere so she'll go faster. In my dreams only though. Yeah. So it's the worst thing I have ever done to my sister is Intrigued. bite her, bite her, bite her. So how, how, what's the difference in age? Two years and two, two days. Two years. Two that, years and two days. Two years, two days. She's younger than me, two years and two days. Yeah. Are you the oldest? Yes. There's only two of us. There's That's the thing. Very right. unusual. I have a sister who's 13 years younger than I. Yeah. 12 years younger than I. Yeah. Oh, 12 years. And she's just the, she's the apple of my eye. Love yeah, that. of course, because human. a little closer, she, you would have been, you know. 
yeah. torturing her. Yeah, but Jordy and I, we because still Because she was adorable her. and yeah, you were already a teenager. Her. I still torture her. There's, uh, but I, in a cute, want... nice way like you like her. Right. Oh, you yeah, don't try yeah, to yeah, actually yeah. kill her. No, 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 no. I no, try no. to actually kill my sister. Yeah, no, that's a different thing because yeah. she's two years younger. Yeah. I, I, have a, I have a neighbor downstairs and I just find her just adorable and she's really nice when we hang out and like I'll grab her and I'll like punch her around. And yesterday she sent me an email saying, can we have a conversation where you don't like punch me and push me around? I'm like, yeah, I guess we could do that. Oh, but I like that. Yeah, See, that's, that's what goes. I was thinking. It really broke my heart. She's getting like, oh, older no. now. She doesn't want that. Uh, my downstairs neighbor. She's an adult. She is an adult. She's in her four. She's forty. Oh, she's old enough. So you don't have to punch her. And no, she but must I do be feel really little I do, and cuter. I really like her. I do like somebody. You know what I mean? Where, like a like a dog or a cat. You just want to strangle them. I want to go. Oh, do you, you know what it's like to have a dog? I don't see any pets here. Um, I had I, I had a dog until a year ago, December, and oh. this guy, twelve years, he was done. Yeah. He was done. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, there's a woman named Beth Lackey. Beth is a Chicago actress. And she was here, and uh, Boyd sharded in the middle of our. And it's like, and then four months later, you gotta let him go. Yeah, because I'm sure that the dogs. You have to have cascading dogs. Oh, we have four dogs now. Uh huh. The oldest, the oldest two are twelve-ish, thirteen-ish. Uh -huh. Right, right. Chihuahuas. Right. You know, oh. one's a rescue. The other one is a hideous, terrible ankle biter. Blood at least 50 people, mm -hmm. and they're 12. Then we have one that's nine, and now we have a rescue puppy that's going to be one. <gasps> so, as they, right, they that is, yeah, they, you know, yeah, it cycles. It's, it's so you just have to admit that they're not going to go as long as you say that one more time. You have to admit that they're not going to go as long as you. They're not going to, they're not going to go, oh, right, 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 right. They're not going to live as long as you. have to admit that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's the interesting thing because I think about animals so much, and the interesting thing is when you put an animal down, because I talk about this in my improv class, when you put an animal down, it's such an interesting thing to watch because you're looking at them, the vet, God bless them, comes and injects them with the stuff, with the sleeping stuff, and then you turn away for a moment, you look back, and you go, that's not my dog. Right, they're gone. That's just what my dog wore. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah. It happens with people too. I know. My mother, when she was when she died, just you were one minute you were looking at her. Mostly, I just watched the monitor to see where she was, right, to see how she was doing, you know, right. And then the monitor was gone, and I looked at her, and she was gone too. Uh huh. She looked like a rooster. Yeah, not a person. No, she was not a person. And my sister right away went, "That's not mom. I'm leaving," and walked out of the room. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And when you look at things in that way. For me, I find it to be very comforting. Yeah. Because you go, oh, we're all just spirits within these things. Right, you know? right. It's, and it's, when we're gone, we're gone. Right. Or not. Right. I mean, who the hell knows? Well, I don't want to dawdle after I'm dead. Well, what I'm saying is, I'm, I'm saying that they're well, gone. they're talking without, about you. Thank yeah. God that bitch is gone. Right, fucking, exactly. It's like, what? Oh, you don't I that. hear that. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying not, not, it's not that they have to stick around. It's just that they're here. And then and, yet there's the whole cremation thing. Do you want to be cremated? Yes, I don't want the funeral. But what if it, I, I don't want to burn? I don't want to hurt. You know, I don't want to be gone. Right. Completely gone. Are out you of it. Are you going to be cremated? I think so. Oh, you haven't planned it yet. No. See, I I, I, I just turned sixty on my last birthday, uh -huh. and uh, I, 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 right away when I turned sixty, I thought, okay, well now I'm going to die. Now you die. <laughs> at sixty, you better start thinking about dying. So right. for the first. I don't know, a couple of weeks after I turned 60, I thought about nothing about how I was going to be dead soon. You know, right. dead. Well, but but what, then I realized I'm not going to be dead soon. No, 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 no. 
But, but it's also there for, a little while. Like, what do that. you do with your this? What do you do with I your... I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's someone gotta, else's problem. you got to deal with that because who the, who the fuck wants to take care of that? Well, you know what I mean? my mother gave instructions to me about what she wanted, and then I promptly ignored them and had her cremated, you know. She oh. wanted to be buried in Chicago. Right. And uh, I, I, would, I had her had her body. I had her living out here with me. I went to ship her body back. I, I was like, fuck. Right. So Hollywood's forever came get her and cremated her and I got her remains. Uh-huh. Where is that? Where are the remains? Oh, well, she had a, a cemetery plot in Chicago at St. Mary's Cemetery in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, my sister was coming. To, my sister had the remains in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And she was coming to move out to L.A. with me after my mom died. She came out here and... She was like, what are we going to do with mom? I said, well, we should take her over to the cemetery, you know. And it cost $1,100 just to have her ashes put on in her thing. So we were like, $1,100? This is illegal, what I'm going to tell you. But uh, I said, well, we're not going to pay that. So we stopped at the Sears and picked up a shovel. And we went out to the cemetery on a Saturday and a rainy day. And we dug a little hole in the top of her grave and put her ashes in the ground and then just covered it like this. So it was right- she, had a, she had a site. Oh, yeah, it was hers. Got it. wasn't it. anybody else's. It was yeah, hers. Yeah, it was like, we'll go over there. No, no, it was her mother and father, her brother, and then there was one for got her. Got it, got so it, got it. we found where it was. We went to the right place. So uh-huh. We didn't just go in the bushes with her. Yes. No, 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 no. Dig a hole just in the middle of no, nowhere. No, no, Because anyway. I thought that that's what you did. No, Which, no, no, I, no, no. I wonder if people do do that, though. It's well, like they want to go over there. dollars for what? It's a lot of fucking money. It's, it's lot already lot cremated. What are you going to do? Right, exactly. The bag was this big, for God's sake. Right, right. So I, we did it ourselves, actually. No, you And my nephew struggled after he went with us and helped us. Struggled for a long time whether or not that was bad or good that we did that. Um, in a well, way, my sister and I didn't care one bit, and we laughed and did it, and that was the end of it. Because this is it. This is it. This is it. I'm not paying eleven hundred dollars to bury my mother. No, 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 um, uh, no. No. Uh, so when I this year, I, I was thinking, no, not at all. Are you kidding I don't me? Think so. It really inspires I, me to go. You know what? Just find a place. Yeah. Dig a hole. Put me sprinkle. In. Sprinkle. Sprinkle. Them. Yeah. Sprinkle. I want to be sprinkled. Sprinkle them on the roses because then you'll be part of the roses coming up or something. I don't, I don't want to do that. Well, then just you know, someplace some. you like. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? It yeah. doesn't matter anyway. An Apple store. Yeah. <laughs> in line at the Apple store. In line at the Apple store. Sprinkle Waiting for the, the iPhone line. 90. Follow the line of ashes. That's where you're supposed to go. <laughs> yeah, I want to be buried somewhere that I love. Mm, let's see. The Apple store. I want to be. I want my 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 ashes to be sprinkled at the Apple Store. In line. In line. In line. In line. Yeah, yeah. In line. I know when I when I turned. Uh, I don't know this year. This year I was thinking I don't want to burden somebody with my thisness. So I went onto Facebook and I said, "What would what what are people doing? I want to cream. I want to be cremated." And people told me about the uh, somebody said the Neptune Society. Yeah. All right. So I. It was a Saturday. I got online. I sent them an email. I thought, here for my mom Monday. Five minutes later. They called you. <laughs> five minutes later, they called you. Hi, this is Vicky from the, uh, and, and like, well, okay, what? Obviously, like, give me a second to breathe here. And she Well, went, they uh, thought you might be ill. What if you're well, ill? I said, you I'm fine. Quick. I said, I'm fine. And she goes, okay, fine. Well, this is what, and then she gave me the hard sell. If you don't go, if you don't buy this by the end of the month, you're, there's going to be a 20% price increase and it's going to cost X amount of dollars more. And I'm like, all right, let me just think about it. It's like, okay, okay, I'll let you think about it. I go, thank you very much, Vicky. Hung up the phone. Four days later, have you thought about it? Like, don't give me the hard sell, Vicky. Don't give me the death undercoating and don't give me a lifetime of whatever you're going to give me a lifetime of, which would be what? I don't know. I don't even know what that means. You know. Well, the rest of your life, you don't have to think about it. 
Or I you can do think that about it every day. Right, think right. about it every day. Right. Because people do. People do. Um, I wouldn't. Have you noticed out here that you don't see funeral processions? That's true. You don't. Ever. No. Never. Where are you from? Chicago. You're from Chicago. Yeah. So in Chicago, you got a funeral procession. Yes. Everywhere. 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 Especially on the south side because that's nothing but, you know, single family homes and, and cemeteries. Right. All up and down uh, every street going south, you know, 119th and 87th Street has St. Mary's, you know, there are all, and multiple cemeteries up and down the streets. There was a story because I was just in Dublin and I'm sorry, I was in Dublin. I went to Belfast. So in Belfast, they had this cemetery that the city said, okay, we're going to give this much room to the cemetery. And they said, okay, they did a census. They found out what the percentage of Protestants, you know, were, you know, Protestants and Catholics and Jews and poor people. So not that you can't mix poor people, because God knows there aren't any poor Jews. No, right. So uh, no matter where you go. Nor do they want to be buried with them. So. Well, here's the story. So they, they, they put them all together. They didn't put them all together. Like, here's the Catholic part. Here's the Protestant part. Here's the poor part. Here's the Jew part. And they put the Catholic part next to the Protestant part. And the Protestant church went, oh, no, no, no. So they dug up 12-foot-wide by a quarter block, they dug up all the graves, eight feet down, they dug eight feet down, and they built a six-foot wall. No, a brick wall going through the middle, and then they covered it back up and reburied those people that were buried there. That's crazy. Growing up, I... Being Why would you growing, bother with that? Well, because you're crazy. Growing up Jewish, I'm like, I didn't understand the difference between Protestant and Catholic. I never got it. I thought, I, you know, I still... I think I got it. I think I know it now because I was married to, was married to a Catholic. For well, years. growing up on the South Side, I never knew anyone who was Jewish. I know. I, there were I, no Jewish people around me. I went to Northern Illinois University with the all the The most exotic person we had was like, you know, an Armenian guy that lived around the corner, and that was it. I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't happy hanging no. around with all you. But um, I didn't know any Jews until well, I got to Loyola. That's and funny. Then I met until Jewish you went people. to a <laughs> Catholic, Catholic, no, Catholic University Catholic on the University. North Side. Yeah. yeah. But it was the North Side. Right. Full of right. Drug, drug addicts, queers, and then we find out later Jews, too. Yeah, exactly. Drug addicts and queers, you might as well just say Jews. Well, my sister didn't throw that in, but yeah. I found out that there were actual Jewish people. Well, I went to Northern Illinois University in DeKalb. I lived with all these Southside Irish guys, Brother Rice, Christ King, like those guys. <clears throat> Marist. And uh, they never knew Jew. They never knew no. a Jew at all. No. And I would have... No, that was, those were my neighborhoods you just described. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I would have... One, there was one woman, a friend of theirs... Who wouldn't win the most bright person award? She goes, listen, I have to. T- I have to ask you question. Do you guys celebrate the Fourth of July? And I'm like, what is wrong with your yeah. skull? What is wrong? What happened to you? What happened to you? What happened to you? Now, when you grew up, were, was your growing up because you're artistic? Was that ever looked at? Going, what are you doing, Mary Pat? Um, my mother was divorced when we were younger, <gasps> which was horrible for her mostly and us too. But um, it, being a Catholic, it was very difficult. Oh, she yeah. did not divorce my father. My father divorced her. Uh-huh. She didn't participate in the divorce. She just ignored. She pretended <clears throat> it didn't happen. And so she got a raw deal, $20 a week child support, you know, because she didn't go and fight. Right. She, she, my she was father humiliated. was like, ha, 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 and mm. got off, you know. Yeah. No alimony, no nothing. Mm. She never had a Did job. he remarry? Oh, it, 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 within 30 days. Oh, I see. 
You know, there was someone waiting in the wings. I see. It was like, what a coincidence. 30 days later. Oh, look at how lucky you are to find someone else that you want (laughs) to marry in in 30 days. (laughs) Uh, But so she didn't participate in that at all. So being Catholic, there was some things that she went through, you know, over over being divorced. And uh, I forgot the question. The question uh, was about uh, uh, growing up artistic in that sort of a community. Right. So my mother was the only one in the house that was in charge of us. There was no father. She felt that she had two jobs to, of discipline to do as a mother and a father, and we were a girls alone. And you know, she really and it was not. It was the '60s. The world was on fire. Right. Uh, you know, we all wanted to be hippies or Black Panthers in right. high school. Right. And I they knew how to had do black girlfriends in high school. I went to an all girls Catholic high school. Uh huh. Right. And and there were black girls there, and we mm-hmm. were friends. Right. And it, it threw my mother way off. It wasn't that she didn't like black people, but they were. Um, they want, we all wanted to be hippies. It was 1968 right. to 72. Right. You know, and my mother was totally incapable of understanding it or dealing with it or watching me go through it or whatever. And she did not want me to be in the plays at school. Mm-hmm. She wanted me to come right home after school. And, you know, she had to be at work, but God, you better be home when I get there. What did she do for a living? She did, uh, she worked, well, she had no skills. When she married my father, she was a nurse in nurses in training at Little Company Mary Hospital yeah, yeah. where he had broken his leg. The North Sider bastard was down on the South Side. He had a car accident, broke his leg, ended up in the hospital, met my mother, fell in love. They got married. She'd never so they, done it. She they was, got married. They met by accident. Met by accident, broken leg. Yeah, met by accident, right? That's a joke. That'll work. It'll. That's, we won't. In a, in a pinch. In a pinch. So... They met and got married, and then here he had to live on the south side, and then they when that didn't quite work out. It wasn't what she expected. Or she didn't really like him. It, oh, my God, why am yeah. I getting married? And then mm-hmm. it didn't go very well, and they were married. And then we were kids, and then suddenly when we were 10 or 11, he was gone, and there we were. Gone? Gone? gone. You never saw him again? Oh, no. We saw him on okay. Sundays. He picked us up on Sunday morning. What would you do? What would you guys do? We went to breakfast at Walgreens. Breakfast at Walgreens? They had a counter there, so we would Uh go to breakfast at Walgreens. Mm -hmm. And I would have chocolate milk with my eggs and potatoes and toast. And um, we would go then to the show and see something at the show, probably double feature. Sometimes we would go to Thieves Market, and he would look at the tools. And we would go walk in the mud behind him. Thieves Market is a... a, Maxwell Street. Yeah, yeah. We called it Thieves Market. And... um, God. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff we did. He worked on cars and we watched him. Yeah. You know, stuff that little girls love to do on Sunday <laughs> with their dad. <laughs> you know, but in those days, nobody gave a shit about kids. Right. Right. Nobody cared. What you come kids. with me. What do you want to do? You want to see me? This is what I'm doing. Right. Watch me. Yeah. Yeah. Get me the wrench. Oh, yeah. And you'd go I, you'd go over and you'd look at all the tools and you wouldn't know which was the wrench and you'd, get, and you'd give it to me. He's like, that's not the goddamn wrench. My dad did the I same. want the fucking goddamn. And you go, he never swore like that, but he did say goddamn. And then you'd have to go get something else that kind of looked like what he was yelling about. My dad on Saturday Oh, morning, my God. I got to stop and get it myself. No, my dad was, a, was an electrician. And he would take me on side jobs, which meant it was really fun because 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning, you had to get, get up in and the go car help him. and go to some place yeah. and pull pipe and all that. And, he, and I remember him saying, Dave, uh, uh, Dave, look, Dave, get me the crescent wrench. I'm like, uh, okay. I hand him a wrench. He goes, it's yes, an adjustable. This is, <laughs> this is an adjustable. Did I ask for an adjustable? No. I asked for a crescent wrench. Now go get me a crescent wrench. I'm like, how do I know? He goes, crescent wrench. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought you said crescent wrench. (laughs) 
It never, you know, and they never build you up. That's the thing. No, no, our no. Our, in those days, it was like, you're the stupid. I don't know how you breathe. Exactly. You're I don't so know how you breathe. Stupid. I told that to a girlfriend once because she's, she's driving the car and, her, and she's like, I don't know what this number means on the car. I'm like, that's how many miles you've gone or whatever it's going to be. And she goes, really? And I go, how do you breathe? How do you breathe? And she like, it, it broke. Like, what do you mean? Like, how do you survive? How do you live? And she, don't know she took it. As an insult, yeah. When I just meant it as something to as say, as an insult, <laughs> right? I just meant bit. it as an insult to say. So anyway, so going back to the story, I'm just going to remind again. The, con- the so my mother would fun- tell me, "Don't be in the place," because the black girls were in the place too, mm-hmm. along with other girls. It was the nuns; they were having a play. We were, you know, it was just a play. It was just the after-school play, the school play, right? The school play, right? Once a year, they'd have a play, and that would be it, right? And you would audition, and maybe you'd get in it, you know, and. And so I would do it anyway because the rehearsals were right after school. You'd lie? Oh, of course. I lied like a rug. Mm-hmm. I, I lied all the time. I, lie, I mean, I, and when she was telling me not to do something in my head, I was thinking how I could possibly figure yeah. out how to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would do it. I would go and I would rush home after rehearsal to get home before she did, you know. So she would. And so mostly she didn't know. Did she, she ever d- find out? Yes. When I was a senior in high school, I was in the Chicago Drama Festival. <gasps> Which you was, lasted that long? Yes, I was. That in, was outside of school. It was outside of school, but we rehearsed after school, so you still couldn't be in a show. I, I, I managed to do it. I was in the Chicago Drama Festival. I went. The, the competition was uh, at, at Loyola University, coincidentally, mm-hmm. and the judge was Frank Galati was yeah. the judge uh-huh. of the of the event. Uh-huh. And my school that's pretty big. It is real big. If you get in in there, yeah. uh, you're you're allowed to do a half an hour performance. Just you and a buddy or whatever. No, no, no. Your school enters a Got half an hour it. performance. So oh, I see, my I see, I school see. entered a half an hour cutting of Midsummer Night's Dream, and they cut the artisan scenes and put them all together. So it was oh, just nice. the girls playing boys, in some case playing girls. And we did the artisan scenes. I played bottom, and we did a half an hour cutting, and I won a full scholarship to Loyola University at the Chicago Drama Festival. Look for my, at and that's how I ended up four years, a full four year scholarship at Loyola University for drama in the drama department. And your mom said theater department. Well, my mother didn't know. That was the whole thing. I had to now go home and tell my mother, Mom, I got to say, and she wanted me to go to college. I had not intended to go to college. I hated school. I was terrible. I had terrible grades. Although I was not stupid, I just hated the school and I had terrible grades. And and I hung around with the black girls and wanted to be a hippie or a black panther, you know, so I was distracted from the actual education part. But so here I got this scholarship and I, oh, well, I guess I'm going to go to college. So I had to go home and tell my mother and I go, Mom, you know how you told me that I shouldn't wow. be in the plays after school, Mama. I gotta tell you, I was in a play after school, and we went to Chicago mm. Drama Festival, and I got a scholarship to go to Loyola for four years. And instead of saying the right thing, which a helicopter parent would say nowadays, she said, "Oh yeah, well we'll just see if you're going to take that scholarship at Loyola University." And I had to say, because I was 18 years old, Mom. I am going to take that scholarship at Loyola. And that was the first time that we kind of, you know, didn't do the mother-daughter where, I'll tell you what to do and you'll do it. And right. then, then in my head I go, I don't have to listen to her. I'll just do whatever I want. But I would never say it. Right. But that's the first time I said, I am going to take that scholarship at Loyola. And I am going to go to Loyola for theater, Mom. Did you like it? I 
loved it. Yeah. It was like, I, I hated school. I hated everything about it. I was in a dark hallway. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was going to do. And somewhere down the hall, someone opened a door and the light came out of the door and they said, come in. This is where you're supposed to go. This is where you belong, right here. So I went to Loyola and I couldn't get enough of it. I couldn't get enough hours in the day. I, could, I had built scenery. I directed. I auditioned. I ran the cruise. Everything I could possibly do, I did. And I loved it. And then I never graduated. I had, I had nine hours of philosophy and nine hours of theology left. And I could not stand the idea of having to take those classes. Right. So I dropped out. It really affected you. Uh, it, it, had you finished? I dro- Well. Who knows what you have been doing. Well, right here's now. the thing. Who knows how far I could have come in the theater if I had just taken those philosophy and theology classes. <laughs> However, four years ago, I got a letter from the president of Loyola University who asked me uh, that, that he had been told that he, I had done all this stuff and that I had never graduated from Loyola. So close. And they wanted to fix it. They, would, they wanted to offer me an honorary degree, undergraduate degree from Loyola University if I would be willing to accept it. So I said, of course. I'd love to accept it. So they he had a thing. And they every year they have a Founders Day dinner. They invited me, and I thought I thought it was first kind of bogus because I thought they wanted me just to do the nun as entertainment at the dinner. Got it. So they said, "Why don't you do Sister to introduce the evening, and then you can co- just change out of your costume and we'll do the degree." And I was like, mm, "Okay, okay." So I, I did it. I had no idea, but the, it was a huge thing. There were a thousand people there. They had all paid like huge amounts of money to be there. Huge dinner, huge thing. And they were on all the schools, the law, the medicine, the dental, the every school that they had had picked a really important graduate that they wanted to honor. So the graduates, they were old people. They were like people who had already mastered their careers and had been the bosses, right. and, you know, <clears throat> and they had 12 of them. And they all had a video that they showed about them up there. And the, the video, and then when it was over, the lights came up and it was like, all of the presidents at Disneyland, they were all standing there on the stage. They live. being, you being one of them? I was not one of them. Okay. Those, all these important people were just standing there. And I thought, okay, now they're all going to have speeches. And right. Not one of them said a word. Uh, no. They had, this oh. is a, when you said the Chihuahua, this is our, is our next door neighbor, Chips. Chips. Right. Look at Hi. him. Hey, buddy. Uh, yeah. So uh, they didn't say a word. So then after that was, hi, how are you? How are you? Then after that was over. The president of the university got up. They showed a huge thing about me. They talked all about me, and then they introduced me. I came out. I made a speech. Did, were then, you prepared for your speech? Yes, thank God. I thought of something that day before I came, and I looked up a quote from The Wizard of Oz, and I used the same quote that the scarecrow used when he got his degree oh, from The Wizard. Love it. I said the same thing. Love it. And they liked it, too, And because um, <laughs> it. it was kind of a slap at the university, just a little but, well, but it's true. It's the same sort of thing. It's like, it was you exactly didn't, you didn't the same finish. Thing. They just gave it to you. Right. You didn't go to school. No, but I deserve it. Right. I deserved it. Right. That's so did. So did the scarecrow. Yeah, the scarecrow deserved it. So, uh, and then the president of the university stood up and gave me the most. First of all, they gave me a mortarboard and a, a thing. One of the things you wear around your uh, neck. A scarf. A scarf. Thing. Yeah. What do they sure, call it? Sure. I don't know. Scarf. Scarfy thing. Scarfy thing. And it was. And and then they. And then they gave me this beautiful framed and matted and with a seal. You didn't have to do it yourself. No, they gave it to me. And it, it must have cost them 
150 bucks to have the thing <laughs> framed and added, you know what I mean? It's such a Chicago number. Must have cost him 150 bucks. <gasps> you made this? Last night. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. We'll have it later. Thank you. Oh, that's so good. Oh. So they gave Pumpkin it to me, bread, and I, then I made uh -huh. a speech, and it was really special. Oh. Um, and, and I found out later that I am the only undergraduate degree, honorary undergraduate degree that the Loyola University has ever given to any person. It's interesting because your show, I mean, their basis is they're a Catholic university, right? Yes. And your show is just so respectful. It's yes. Just, you know, in that way. It, but I mean, you're being human. You're, you know. I, seem, I, I, I try like, to make it so that people are not too insulted. Absolutely. But if there's one thing that I know, I, I, again, I was married to a Catholic for 14 years. I, you know, her, the whole crazy, all that baloney that I looked at and go, why, you know, like, why are we doing that? Or why is he doing that? And yet anybody, any of Katie's in-laws I looked at and I could have a sit down and they know what the religion is about and they know what the, the frailties of it are, but they also know what the strengths of it is. They know how to, how to you know, they... Here's the best thing that I have picked up from it. And I, it's the thing I appreciate most about the Catholic religion, different from all the other religions. And I am not necessarily a religious person in mm -hmm. any way. But you're spiritual. Uh, no. You're not even spiritual. Not really, no. You're not spiritual. No. I, no. I'm really not. Uh -huh. I'm really not religious or spiritual. Uh -huh. But the thing that I picked up from that I really appreciate about the Catholic religion, and I, I think that it kind of bleeds over into this Pope Francis business, mm -hmm. this liberal changes that he's at least talking about, yeah. is that in the Catholic Church, they believe that your relationship with God is your business. No one ever says to you, you're a sinner. You're going to go to hell. Because as Catholics, that's not my business. My business is my personal relationship with God, and no one has a right, not even the priest has a right to say to you, you're going down, you're going to hell. Never. Because they have absolutely no idea of my personal relationship with God, number one. And number two, if in the Catholic Church you believe what you're doing is the right thing to do, then it is not a sin, it is the right thing to do. Ah. If in the Catholic Church, in your heart, you believe what you're doing really is wrong, even if it's not in the rules wrong, it's wrong. It's what you actually believe it to be. It, if you think it's right, then it is right. Right. If it's right with you and God and you know in your heart what you're doing is right, then it's right. Right. And if it's wrong and you know it, it's wrong. But it's all about your personal idea of what's right and wrong. For and you. And they allow you to have Very that. Very interesting. They allow you that. Right. I never, I never saw it in that way. I am allowed to go to communion if I feel that my soul is in the condition that I am able to go to communion. Got it. Even if I haven't been to confession, even if I have what done what others consider to be sinful, it is my personal relationship with God that is all that matters. And everyone is respectful of that. Where in the other lesser Christian religions, <laughs> it's like, you're a sinner, you're bad, right. you're going to go to, you're burning hell, right. here, hold this snake. Right. You know? Right. That's very interesting because that is a real... And that, I, it makes a huge difference. And, it's and, a it also, very intelligent religion. Uh, well, what it, what it does is it, it says that it, it, there's something existential about it as well. Yes, the idea very, that you very. are, it is you and God and that right, is it. And right. so any private moment that you have is really a reflection of just you and God and not the community in general right. that you've got to go through. Whatever is in your head that is right is right. Whatever is in your head that is right is in right. In your heart. 
in and your strength. heart. I and mean, your you, heart. Can't, you can't justify killing your neighbor. No. Because really, unless you're mentally ill, which then you're off the hook because you're mentally ill. Right. Uh, and you've committed no sin because it's not your fault that you're mentally ill. Right. You know, so you're free. But if in your heart, you know, you believe that it is the right thing, then that's it. If in your heart you believe that it's the right thing, then it, it is. is. That's, 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 we're on our own. That's such an awesome, and it goes, and it goes back to why you lied to your mom about going to, uh, to drama, because in your heart you didn't see that as anything wrong. No, I wanted to do it. It, right. it, it wasn't really about my heart, it was about my head. I wanted it. I wanted but, to do but it. In, but if I was going to do it. your head, it's in your heart. You know yeah. what I mean? Because if it's just in your head, you can find an easy way to talk yourself out of it. Right. But if it's in your heart where you go, I need this in order for no, me to I keep moving forward. That. That's you wanted that. Yeah, yeah, you wanted that. And wow. Uh, uh, the idea that, that because of that, you've got the scholarship, and because of that, have have you done any shows that are um, less having the character and more about you? Do you understand? Le- less about sister and more about you. I'm working. Well, I've got a new play that I I tried. To, you know, after the seven shows of it and doing everything you can possibly think of, including a magic show with my small chihuahua as the highlight of the man, the, ch- the climax. Don't of need the to tell me show. that. Yeah, comes out of a box. I put a pigeon, and out comes the. The Chihuahua with a lighted Liberace collar crosses the stage completely from 65 foot cross from stage right to stage left by himself. Yeah. That's it. So, I mean, and when you're the playwright, you can put your dog in the show. Sure. You right? can, you want to do magic? Well, I have a magic show in there. They have 11 <laughs> magic tricks that I'm doing, you know, pulling things out of boxes and right. scarves and, you know. So, um,. When I was tired and done with that, I thought I'm gonna. I'd like to get out of this habit, you know. I mean, I'd like to really literally get talk out of about the things habit. that I don't talk about as right. sister. Right. You know, I like got some got some really funny material. I've been thinking about. So I've got a new play called, and it's been playing. It's played around the country actually. Um, I started with the wrong title, and then I changed the title. The title original title was "Ask Mrs. Honeybee Certified Life Coach." Uh huh. And um, and which I became a certified life coach. You did become a certified. I became life coach. a certified life coach and a certified professional hypnotist, in order to um, write this play. And I I only became a hypnotist because they offered it. After I became a life coach, they said, you know, hypno- hypnosis is a very important life coaching tool, uh-huh. and we're offering uh, a seminar that you can take and you can learn hypnosis if uh-huh. you like to. So I signed up for it right away, you know, <laughs> and. Uh, and I, I am actually a certified. I have a cert- certificate that I um, have not framed yet, as well as my degree is framed. By the That's government. why. If, if yeah. somebody else, they, when they give it to you, it should be framed. Framed. But it it's okay. Framed. So, um, so I became a life coach, certified life coach. But the, we couldn't sell a ticket. Right. And finally, I talked to the kid at the box office at one of the theaters. He uh-huh. goes, at the Lawrence Welk Theater in Escondido. Yeah. I said, What's wrong? He goes, you know, I'm trying to get the people to come, but they're saying, we don't want to go to a self-help. We don't want any therapy. So I thought, oh, shit, I've got the wrong thing. It's right. the wrong. And then the kid would go, no, no, it's Mary Pia Donovan. She did late night catechism. It's the same kind of thing, only it's, you know, not a nun. And then they would come. So so what did you change the name to? Uh, I married a Neanderthal and other modern problems. Love that. It's love it. It's funny. It's love cute. It. Right. It draw, your draw, people, people are interested in that. <laughs> right. Everyone loves to make fun of men, so... Right. Um, that's what I changed. And now we sell tickets. Well, the, also the idea of saying there's something wrong and you and uh, you not being, you saying there's something wrong, how can we fix this? And just the title? The title. That was that all it was. That is phenomenal. It was only the title. Everything else, nothing else changed. Right. 
The whole thing is exactly the same, except we change the title. I had a class. I had a, a workshop. Well, what and I, and I mean, having said that, it changes all the time because it's improvisational and interactive, just like the late night catechism right. series. So, how know? personal do you get about you? Do you get personal about you at all? Because no, no, I get pers very personal about Mrs. Honeybee. Got it. We talk about Viagra and her husband. And Got things it. Things that sister could never talk about. Right, but but these aren't these are the characters. But there, there's not a, there's not is, there's not an autobiographical mm -hmm. element. Mrs. To it. Honeybee is not a, a lesbian. Got it. So, got it. She's a grandmother of two. Uh -huh. We talk about mothers. We talk about grandmothers. We talk about boomerang children. We talk about helicopter parents. Got we talk it. about what are you going to do when your husband retires? You, you know, because when women retire, they're all set. They've had two careers their whole lives anyway. The house and the job. Once the job is gone, thank God all I have is the house. Now I can have fun with the grandchildren. I can have my projects. I can do whatever I want. Right. The men are like, what the hell do I do? Isn't I was the manager of 135 people every day. What? Are, oh, okay, I'll manage my wife. And then it's a, you know, so I help the wives figure out what to do. I tell them to get the metal detectors. Buy their husband a metal detector because men love metal detecting. <laughs> hours, gone, hours of looking for bottle caps is all they find. You know, and I said, I said to my guy over on the side, the, the stage manager had a metal detector. I said, what's the best thing you ever found? He goes, an underwire bra. <laughs> so then, you know, that was 15 minutes of underwire bra talk. So when you do a play that's interactive and improvisational, right. I'm only talking to the audience. Right. So whatever they're going to talk to me back about, I just talk about. Right. You know, and Mrs. And then the Viagra thing comes up, and we have to talk about that. Right. Right. I ask the you audience. Have your bits. To, you have your. You have your. Well, your I have sections. that, but I also right. ask the audience to write down any questions or any personal issues they'd like to discuss, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, any mm -hmm. roadblocks that they have in their lives that they'd like me as a life coach to help them through. And right. I am a professional life coach, so I actually do give them good information, but mm -hmm. I also you know, have a lot of fun along the way. That's such a great idea, just the idea of throwing something out there and letting the audience tell your show as long as you have the confidence. And it's yeah. all about the confidence. Well, there's, 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 you know, there's divisions of what we're going to talk about. There's topics. But there's also, I've got, like, the, like, the idea of having confidence in what it is that you're doing and saying, I'm going to do this show. Yeah. I am going to do this show. Yeah. And never backing away from confidence. Well, never being afraid. Right. Never being afraid that you are not going to be funny enough or you're not going to be... Uh, enough of that you're not going to know what to say right you know what, I, I always know what to say but you know what here's the thing i've been doing this for over 20 years now and i've been saying whatever i wanted for over 20 years well over 20 years well 21 1993 okay oh when you left uh doing uh, i was doing late night I, late. I wrote late night catechism in 1993 right. got it so i've been you okay. know doing that I just, I just, I just remember you doing those other, the other two other shows, the the Shiksa show, yeah, and what was the other show? Uh, I did, uh, I, I also did, um, I don't know, I can't remember. Yeah, oh, I can't remember. I, a lot of plays. Yeah, I did a lot of plays. Mm -hmm. um, I did, it's, I did it's only. A, oh, that was it, it, the good times are killing me. Yes, exactly. I remember that's Ooh, what Linda I remember. Linda was the lead. Yeah, she played Bana. That's why you look familiar. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. But doing all this stuff with the idea. Because so many people lack that confidence that is holding them back. They may have a great idea, but they don't. They don't go. Mm. And you have to have a place to do it. You have to have someone who will trust you to do it. Right. You have to have the ability to do it. Because if it sucks, they're going to go. What the hell am I helping this person for? But you also you have the, the vision, and you've got to have the heart in order to say, "This is what I'm going to do." Yeah. 
But if you do it a little bit at a time, like it started out when I started late night catechism, there was one point of interaction. Mm -hmm. And then it just built when we realized the audience was on the edge of their seat. Right. I just built it from there. I just added to it and changed right. it and rewrote right. it and changed it. Right. And then, you know, all these years later, it went from one act, 50 minutes, to two acts and two hours. And you you're know, having a blast. A total blast. That's the whole thing. It's your thing. Whatever I want to say. Whatever you want to say. Whatever I want to say. Whatever I want to say. Right. I mean, even if it has nothing to do with religion or the nun or the class right. or the subject, right. whatever I want to talk, if it comes into my, if I saw it on TV, I'll just talk about it. And it's also the idea of walking into a space and knowing that everybody there is there to see you. Yes. And they, not, they don't even think that you're not going to succeed. Not only that, they all believe that I'm a real nun. Right. I have so many people say to me at the end, you're a real nun, right? And I have to go, you know, I'm not. I'm an actress, but I do have 16 years of education, you know, and this right. money that you're going to give me in this bucket does go to real nuns. You right. know, I right. collect money at the end of the show for real nuns. Yeah, 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 so yeah. So we've collected like $4 million. I cannot $4 believe that the, that the Catholic Church didn't want to have the nuns involved in Social Security. In it would cost money. Right, right. It would cost money. So in the 80s, well, first of all, the Catholic Church doesn't pay the nuns. The Catholic Church, if you want to have an order of nuns, you go ask the Vatican, can we be an order of nuns? And they go, yes, but you have to be independent, financially independent. Uh -huh. They go, okay. And then they go out and struggle, 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 and get their order going, get stuff, get people to donate, get the whole thing, get land. get. And 100 years later, you've got the hilltop property with the most beautiful thing that there was donated or you bought or you got somehow or, you know, and then the, the then the, the archdiocese coming around going, hey, you got that valuable land. Maybe we should start talking to you. The Vatican right now has got an inquisitor that they sent to this country to deal with the fact that American nuns have stepped outside the thing where they're ironing the altar cloths and vacuuming the sacristy and licking the priest's boots and they're doing social justice, and right. they're doing immigration, and right. they're doing, you know, the nuns uh, on the bus counseling. Stuff. Right, mm -hmm. nuns on the bus, and they're mm -hmm. doing really important stuff mm -hmm. that means something to people's mm -hmm. lives. And all of a sudden, they don't like that at the Vatican, or they didn't. This new pope says, I, I don't know, but he's still got that inquisitor here. And the inquisitor comes into the convent and says, I want to know what your mission statement is. I want to know this. I want to know how much money you got. I want to know what your assets are, and I want to know where they are. Because the Vatican can at any moment go, sisters, we think we want your money. Now, I don't know if they're technically, legally responsible to give them the money, but they're nuns. And the nuns are so non about fighting, most of them, so non about standing up and blowing their own horn. Right. That's part of what it means to be a nun, right? It's part of what it means to be a nun. And yet it's their undoing. Right. They've taught them to be submissive, and now they are. And so the Inquisitor... And even with the uppity ones are submissive. Right, right. The nuns of the bus. Are polite and nice and would never mm. say anything bad about it. And certainly the Inquisitor... Inquisitor? Wow, what, like what a Like the title. Spanish Inquisition? I know, the Inquisitor. It's exactly the same, like, something like Spanish. Yeah, Father Tom O'Connor, Inquisitor. Right. Is that his business card? He comes from the Vatican. Vatican Inquisitor. Vatican Inquisitor. Yeah. You don't want to screw around And now they've assigned a, car a cardinal or a bishop from Seattle to be in charge of this interface with the American nuns. Got it. The nuns aren't even allowed to speak for themselves. Somebody here speaks for them. Uh -huh. It's so disgusting and misogynistic. It's, you wonder why they stay. I when, do. When they did this whole thing and sent the Inquisitor here, I contacted my friend who is a bishop in the American Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. 
not Roman, American Catholic Church, mm-hmm. not connected to Rome. Our American, Amer- Roman Catholic priests that have left the Catholic Church because they wanted to get married, because they did... There's something called an American Catholic Church? Absolutely. There is absolutely. And the bishop of the American Catholic Church is a friend of mine who books every single one of my shows at his thing for a fundraiser. And I go out to see Father Brian. Where, where's Father Brian? Bishop where's he? Where's he's, uh, in, he's down in, you know, he's in Orange County. Somewhere. Oh, so it's California. California. Got it. But they're all over the country. Uh-huh. So, you know, I called him and I said, this is a huge chance for you, Brian. Get on the horn, make a, get a press conference and welcome all these American nuns who are being pushed out and treated badly by Rome and say, we love you. We understand you. We were raised by you. We're all Roman Catholics before we came to the American Catholic Church. Come to us. We'll take you. Uh-huh. And even if they go, what? We don't want. No, we're Roman Catholic. Even if they do that, it will elevate your church because people will say, wait a minute, what's the American Catholic Church? What are they talking? You will get visibility that you're looking for. It's so it's such course, an interesting thing. He's so meek, he didn't do it either. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Everybody's so good, they don't do it. Fear, right? Well, they're just don't, they're not outspoken. But what's the fear? I, I don't want to be insulting. I don't want to, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's a big deal. You're no, calling, no, I know. You're putting the lightning rod on your head when you do something like that, and you're calling them to look at you and talk about you, and you might get on Meet the Press, or you know, you might go on with these nuns, or eh, I'd have to step up, and it's scary and hard, and I don't know. I try to push him to do it. I like him, and I think he's great, and I like their church. They welcome divorced people. Right. You can be divorced and still go to communion. Right. You know, you can be a married priest. There's it's married priests. such an interesting thing. You could be divorced and still take communion. Uh, that, like, and where you go, oh, wait a minute. Did you read, um, I don't know if you did, wasn't um, the, 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 the book that was just out a couple years ago, um, the, something, the Testimony of Mary? You know anything about it? So it's, no. it's, it's, it's the life of Jesus from Mary's point of view. Right, right. And it was a Broadway show. I think it's called the, 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 something about Mary. And it was just so interesting to read this because it was from first, it was a second person, but it was about her. Right. And you're reading it, and and you're hearing all these, and you're reading all these things about Mary, and and it's fiction. Right. And this guy, you know, an Irish writer, uh, a gay Irish writer, wrote this, and I'm reading it, and what I'm feeling like, oh, I didn't know that about Mary, and I didn't know that about Jesus. It's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Nobody knew that. Nobody knew that. Right. This guy and, made it up. And, and so I think. I mean, oh, they try to she, base it on some history or some right. but thing my written is, down by somebody. But my point is this, where you go, oh, how, how, oh, this is sacrilege. How could they do that? And it's like, they can do whatever they want to do. Anybody can do whatever they want to do. Whatever the American Catholic want. Church can do whatever it wants, whatever that it wants to do. Because if they say, and it's respectful, and it not only that, but it's, it's not just respectful. It's respectful and scholarly. And, and it's a love of the Catholic Church. It's their love of that. And these people saying, I'm feeling disenfranchised for whatever reason. I still hold on to my religion strongly. And I don't, I cannot, not even don't, I cannot let it go. How can we work this out? Right. And, and really, in the end, all that matters is that you work it out in your, your own heart. And that goes back to that, that's right? it. Yeah. So you're able to be a Catholic, even though you may not agree with all the Catholic things. You may not abide by all the Catholic things. You know, you may not think that that's for you, and it may not be for you. But, you know, and they don't, I mean, it's not something they teach you as a six-year-old child. You don't figure it out, and you don't get it until you're well, well, well past your childhood religion. And you, until yeah. you're into your adult and the philosophical and the theological aspects of your religion. And that's why I got an honorary undergraduate degree, even though I didn't take the philosophy or theology. 
Right, because you eventually... I figured it out. Okay. Let's stop there. It's enough of that goodness. We have to save some for later. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on Dave, you can go to his website at www.davidrozowski.com or follow Dave on Twitter at drozowski.